Hi, and welcome to Pacifim Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, that it will both challenge and inspire you. Last week, while we were referring to our faith in Emmanuel, the truth that the Lord God is with us, and that we believe that God is with us, and we believe in the promise that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, I suggested at times that can make us feel a little bit uncomfortable because there are times when uh, we don't necessarily want him so close to see and hear what's going on in our lives. We, we don't want him to be aware of the attitudes um, that's in our head and our heart. We don't want... Him close enough to see here our responses to situations and circumstances, um, our fears and our doubts, how critical and judgmental we can be, our insecurities, our jealousies, our selfishness, and the list goes on. We, we just don't want him to be that close that he can pick up on all of that. But the truth is, he is with us and he'll never leave nor forsake us. So this week, I want to speak into that. Because um, after last week, I got a little bit stirred and a little bit challenged. And, and so I want to I talk about that. Uh, not the fact that he's God who is with us. He's Emmanuel. He's never leave nor faith. I, I know we all know that and believe that. But I, I want to talk about how response to that, how that. And, we, and I did say that knowing that causes a response. It, it causes, changes the way we act way we think we talk eventually it does there's a process and and it, it changes the way we worship the way we pray the way we, all that kind of stuff but I, I want to speak into that from our perspective a little bit I want to speak about our thoughts and it comes from Hebrews 4 and I'm going to read from verse 11 to 13 in the New King James Version let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden. Uh, this is the bit that ought to shake us a little bit. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I think it would be amiss not to continually remind ourselves that one day we will have to stand and give an account to him of everything we did or didn't do with what he gave us. And we've, we've spoken that in the past. Um, that word diligent, let us therefore be diligent to enter into the rest. It, it literally means to make every effort to do one's best, to be eager. As a direct as a direct copy, a direct quote from my dictionary, my, my Greek dictionary. It means to make every effort to do one's best, to be eager. Obviously, 
it indicates that we have a role in positioning ourselves in the promises of God. Once you read the whole passage, it literally says we have a role. We have a responsibility to position ourselves. In, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, we've read, Come to me all who are laboured and heavy burden, I will give you rest. We have a position, we have a responsibility, we have a role to play in getting into that rest, to position ourselves in that rest. In Hebrews 4, 9, it actually says, There remains therefore a rest from the people of God. There's a rest for us. But, but what does that actually mean? And, and I'm, I'm just going to get to the point right now. It, it refers to resting from the work demanded by the law because he's accomplished that for all who believe in him, right? There's a rest from trying to satisfy or try to meet the needs or try to fulfill the commandments of the law. There's a rest from that work, that labor, that's impossible for us to do anyway. He said, so there's a rest. So I've got, I've skipped right through a whole lot of explanation to get to the main point. There's a rest for us from the, from the requirements of the law. And, and in that rest, it, it fulfills all the promises of God. Everything that God said, he will do in that place. It says that we must make every, en- every effort to enter that rest. Now, now, we can't make that rest, but we position ourselves so that we can enter into that rest. Um, we accomplish that, though, through faith. It, it's all about faith. Faith in him, faith in his word, faith in what he did, Right? That's how we position ourselves. We believe. We believe in who he is. We believe in what he said. We believe in what he did. We believe it to the point that it actually moves us into a place of rest. These these things, believing in him, believing in his word, believing in what he did, these are the things that sustain us. These are the things that keep us standing. These are the things that keep us moving ever closer to his intended end. The fulfillment of his plan and his purpose for your life as an individual. Now in Hebrews 4.12 we've just read, and let me repeat it. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Our responses reveal what we really believe. Not just physically, but even more powerfully. Our mental responses, our emotional responses, they reveal what we really believe. And, and I'm not talking about the shock of, of, of the things that happen in life. I'm talking about when the dust settles and, and we over the shock and we start to think our way through this. I'm talking about what we believe right then shapes how we respond. Or reveals, our, our, sponsor, our responses reveal what we really believe. 
after that initial shock, when the unexpected things of life occur, what is our response? Not the immediate thing, but, but once the dust settles a bit and, 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 and we're, over, we're past the shock element of it, how do we respond? That, that response right there de- reveals exactly what we really, really believe. How we respond. When we err, when we get it wrong, and especially when we're reminded that he is our Emmanuel, that he is the God that is with us, literally with us, and that he'll never leave or forsake us, um, our response is really exactly the same as Adam's and Eve's. When they erred, when they messed it up, when they got it completely wrong, what was the first thing they did? They tried to hide themselves from God. And that's exactly what we do. But when, when we err, when, when we mess it up, when we get it completely wrong, our, our response is to hide from God. Exactly the same as Adam and Eve. Exactly the same. We, we pull back. We try to hide from God. And, and we hide from him because we feel the shame. The shame of what we've done. Now, different people respond differently to, to that level of shame. Uh, some immediately withdraw and, and allow condemnation to bury them. Some people get really defensive and look for someone else to blame. Blame someone else. It's this woman you gave me. We, we, people just looking for excuses. People just want to blame someone. They just want to point. It's their fault. It's, it's a situation or circumstance. If you didn't allow this, this would never happen. Uh, that's the way we respond. We hide. And, and, and we hide because of the shame that we're facing. And, and people... Respond differently to that shame. There are some people with hardened hearts who don't care. So what? I've, I've met some people like that, and probably you have too, where, where they immediately, they're aware of what's happened and the consequences of the decisions made, the actions they did, the horrible things they did, but they don't care. It's because their hearts have been so hardened in their past. Like I said before, there's people who will immediately try to blame someone else and there's people that will literally go hide. And we do all that because we're not really sure what we believe. Because it's in those times what we really believe comes to the fore. What we really believe, it, 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 it gives us direction. And it, and it motivates and, and it organises and our response betrays what we really believe or confirms what we really believe. See, in Romans 8.1, you all know this verse. There is, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus and do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Why then, why then do we feel that condemnation so heavily? 
Jeremiah 29:11 For I know the thoughts I think toward you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope His thoughts was continually about their future about his intended end for them They're actually in exile so that they can be corrected in preparation for their future When we get it wrong, when we err, when we get it wrong, right, when we blow it, whether it be unintentional or deliberate, we're guilty of both. But the deal is, what do we think that God would think about that? And many of us wrongly assume he thinks like we think. But that's our... That's our humanistic, our simple, our carnal mind. But what we do is we transfer that to God. Now, what I'm about to say in explanation is to make a point, but the deal is this is so carnal. Even the point that I made, the the, the statement I'm going to give you is so carnal. It's just because I don't believe God thinks like this, but to make the point, I want to share something. And I understand how immature and carnal it is, but... But it helps us to see, to get the bigger picture. Because what I'm about to say, I don't think God thinks like this. Because his thoughts are set. They were set from the beginning. So, when we err, when we blow, when we make the mistakes, whether unintentional or deliberate, Um, I believe God's thinking even that I believe God's thinking about our future I believe God's thinking about his intended end for us I believe he's thinking now how can I get them from here to there now that's carnal because he already knows he's doing it it's already part of his plan he hasn't changed his mind But, but I'm using the way we think to make the point so when we err When we blow it, when we mess up, whether intentional or deliberate, the point is we think that God thinks like us. Like, boy, you are so messed up and now you're really going to pay. I'm just, you're going to be punished so severely. Or even we get to the point where we would think, I don't want anything to do with you any longer. You've been so vile. You've been so rebellious. You've been so horrible. You, you deliberately went against everything I asked and, and just threw it back in my face. What are we doing? We're thinking the way we think. But then we project that on God. We think, because we think like that the way God's thinking. He doesn't think like that. We're thinking... That's the way God thinks about me now. He he doesn't like me and he doesn't love me anymore. He hates me now and he's going to severely punish me. If not, completely just abandon me and leave me and just leave me to my own devices. To the point where, you know what? He doesn't want anything to do with me and I don't blame him. That's what we do. We're projecting how we respond 
in our carnal nature and projecting that on God, thinking that's the way he responds. Would you agree with that? If you haven't experienced that, which I'm pretty sure we all have, but if you haven't experienced that, you at least know someone close to you who thinks like that. How many people? I remember, and and this is one of the great stories, testimonies of God. Uh, You remember that lady who was accused of murder uh, and then she was in hospital and we got invited to go talk to her because she was really... She wasn't well. Years of abuse were catching up and her body's giving up and, and, and she'd just literally been arrested for the murder of a partner uh, be, because of years and years of abuse. But anyway, the point is this. We went and, and I was trying to... I asked to pray and she said, no, I don't deserve your prayers. Thank you for praying, but I don't deserve them. And then I explained about Jesus and she said, no, yeah, I understand that and I believe that, but I'm been so bad I I don't deserve any of that and even then they gave me opportunity to say well that's what it's called grace and the truth is it's not just you each and every individual who's ever lived doesn't deserve it we can't earn it that's why it's grace because he loves you unconditional and I explained all that and she said you know what and she got all teary and said that's really wonderful but no I don't think I could and I prayed for her anyway, and we left. And I don't know if there's some here, remember that Sunday? Some of you will, when she turned up, two ladies brought her to church in a wheelchair. And even before I finished preaching, she was trying to get to the front here, brokenness, and asked God's forgiveness, and gave her heart to the Lord. One of the most powerful things, just, it was just amazing. And then she actually died a couple of days later. It was a great story. But that sentiment was highlighted in her life because of her lifestyle. But the deal was there are many people, and probably all of us to some degree, that go through that thinking when we mess up, when we feel we've let God down. Anybody going to argue with me? We project that kind of thought then onto God and think that's the way God's thinking about me. But he's not. He's thinking about your future. He's thinking about how can I move them that into a place where they'll get blessed and be filled with hope because of the future, because of the intended end I've got planned for their lives. For God, that's the focus. Not the now, not the punishment, not even you've been so bad, I don't want to know you anymore, cut you off completely. I never want to... And it happens, as far as I'm concerned, you were never born. You died. You're dead to me now. But not with God. He's not there getting angry and disappointment and critical and judgment. No, that's us. That's how we do it. He's there thinking, okay, how can I turn this to their benefit? How can I move them from here into a place where they can enjoy the blessings and be filled with hope in preparation for the future that I've got planned for them. I hope you can see that. I hope you can see too many people, too many people start big time and gloriously and then something happens and they back off and they don't believe it. They might even blame everybody, but it's because the shame they're feeling, 
They back off and hide from God. Just like Adam and Eve. Exactly the same. And then we think that's the way God thinks about us too. But no. God's not thinking like that. Let, let me give you a couple of verses. God's focus on you. Many of us feel like he's highlighting all our faults and weaknesses. And No, no. Let, let me tell you what he's really doing. His focus is getting us to his intended end. His, his focus is to our future. And, and it's a future filled with hope. In Psalm 40 verse 5, it says, Many, O Lord my God, are your wondrous works which you have done. And your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak them, they are more than can be numbered. God has thoughts, good thoughts, lots of thoughts about you and your life. In Psalm 139, 17 and 18. How precious also are your thoughts to me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. If I, if I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And when I'm awake, it's not a dream. You're still here. It's real. And there's many, many more verses. M- many, many accounts where this reveals this truth throughout the scriptures. When we err, when we really get it wrong, we already know and have experienced how the flesh can condemn us. The flesh can, we can only get condemned if we're walking in the flesh. But if we're walking in the spirit, even though we've really blown it, even though we've messed up big time, if you're walking in the spirit, the spirit will actually lead you to a place of repentance. The spirit will actually position you in the best place possible for God's blessings to start being unfolded in your life and for the, for the preparation of his intended end for your life. I, I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. Because regularly, even just recently, there was a time just recently where I had to stop and re-check everything that I'd done recently and I was starting to feel, yeah, I could have done that better I should have done that differently. That was a bad decision. Why didn't I do more homework here? Oh, I'm so slack. And I started to feel like, okay, this is all happening because of what I did or didn't do. And, and boy, didn't I start to feel condemned. But then I stopped and I said, no, no, my God's bigger than that. My God's greater than that. I really do believe with all my heart that all things work together for good. Even the bad stuff, even the dumb stuff, all things work together because it positions you in a place of preparation for his intended end. When God's looking at me and thinking about me, he's not thinking about the poor decisions or the mistakes or the, or the rushing in before it was ready, before it was done. He's not thinking of those things at all. When he's looking at me, he's thinking about my future. And how he can work and get me to a place of preparation for his intended end. How he can turn this around to make me smarter, to make me wiser, to make me better, more faithful. And it's a lifelong process. 
But I, I, I'm really, I suppose the key is this. I suppose the motivation is this. We're coming to the end of 2023. And for some of us, it's been a challenging season. It, it's been a, a, a season where we've had to question a lot of things. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Where we, we have to have a look and uh, evaluate and, and, and think about what we've gone through. But we're not walking in the flesh and allowing condemnation to come and dump on us and bind us up. No, no. When we're reading in the spirit, we're okay. Which way from here? So at the end of 2023, I think it's an appropriate time to start thinking about 2024. Now I know... It's just days or lines on a calendar. I know that really our life isn't governed by a calendar, but it's governed by the seasons of God. I know that. But in this season we're in right now, we've got to realize God's not about to judge us and find us wanting and therefore condemn us. God's looking at it and he's going, okay, where to from here to get to where I want them to be? Am, am I making my point? Because each of us need to become so aware of that. Instead of walking in the flesh, which leads us to condemnation, and always will. And you can deflect it and dump it on someone else, but it's still because you're walking in the flesh, there's condemnation. Or we can walk in the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Listen to this verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Remember, we're talking about thoughts and intents of the heart and the way that can either position us in the condemnation or it can move us to a place in preparation for God's intended end. Your thoughts will be established. I, I don't think this verse is saying that once you commit to the Lord, he'll give you what you've been thinking of. I don't think it says that. I think rather it says once you've committed your works or more accurately once you've committed to the Lord's will, he will establish his thoughts in your heart and mind. Plenty of verses to back that up too. God will give you the desires of your heart. But the deal is it's only after he's given you a new heart a heart after his, like David. When you've got a heart after his, your heart's about the things of God. God says, I'll give you all the desires of your heart. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. My thought is this right now. If we can get mature enough to discern the difference between the flesh and the spirit and realize that the flesh leads to condemnation, so all the condemnation I'm feeling is because I'm walking in the flesh, it's time for me to walk in the spirit where the spirit will reveal to me that God's thoughts for me are good but they're focused on my future, not on me right now. The part about me right now is what he can do to get me to that future. His real concern is my future. 
That's walking in the spirit because he'll lead me to a place where I'll repent. But in that repentance and an openness to look and an openness to see and an openness to hear and an openness to learn and an openness to change and not give up or let condemnation put an end to this, but continue and say, okay, that was really humbling. Humbling, not humiliating, maybe both. But the deal is I'm humble enough now to be open to learn. I'm not giving in. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep on going. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he should direct your paths. I thought what a great opportunity on this last day of 2023 to start thinking about the future like God does. And therefore today, commit to the Lord and his ways and let him unfold it. Let him make our path straight to his intended end. I, I just want to leave that with you right now. We got communion. And this morning, I, I, I want to use communion as, as a bit of a, not just a reminder this morning, but a bit of motivation. Remember that all that he did in, in, the, in the laying down of his body, in, in the shedding of his blood, he's giving his life, was becoming the sacrifice for us. It was for our future. In the presence of God forever. But before we just take it, I was wondering if we couldn't, at this moment, with the reminder and the motivation in our hands, if we just couldn't, Lord, okay. I don't want to live under condemnation anymore. I, I, I want to move from the flesh to the spirit. And I want to recommit myself to you. Because I believe and I trust. And I know that your intended end will be so much better than any I could come up with myself. I want to yield myself. I want to give myself again to you. I want to commit that you might, your thoughts might become my thoughts, that you might direct my paths. That this 2023 wasn't just a challenge and therefore a bit of a waste of time, but it was a springboard into something greater. It's an opportunity to be repositioned, re-educated perhaps and repositioned. Could, if you're willing... If you want to, could we take the emblems with that in mind? Knowing that what we're doing is when we're taking them, we're actually saying, okay, you gave your life for me. Now I want to live for you. I commit myself to you. Thank you for doing this for me. Now I'm going to live for you. I commit myself. Let, let's do it together. If, that, if you don't mind, if that's what you want to do, why don't we do that right now? In spite 
Not of all the things, a lot of really good things happened this year, but in spite of... Don't we, don't we tend to focus on the negative? Don't we tend to blow the negative up a lot? And, and just simply overlook all the great things, the good things? I, I know I'm guilty of that. I've actually said a few times that this year has been the most challenging year of our ministerial life. And then Jane showed that and went, boy, we did a lot of good things this year. In spite of what happened in 2023. No, it's not in spite of, maybe because of. Why don't we give ourselves to him for 2024? Here we are. I want to commit to you. Come out from under the condemnation. Come into the spirit. Know and know and be assured that God's thoughts for you are not evil, but they're good. He, he wants to give you a future full of hope. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. We thank you for the year. But I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this very simple but very profound truth. Thank you. So often we look at you and we ask you to forgive us as a judgmental hard taskmaster. But Lord, the truth is, you just love us and you're just concerned. You're focused on our future. And bringing out the very best for the very best that you have for us. We deliberately and intentionally yield to you right now and recommit ourselves to you. We thank you for your plans and purposes for our lives. And we pray that you'd help us now, allowing your Holy Spirit to position us in the best place we can be for the start of this new season, the start of this new year. So I pray that we will continue to grow in the knowledge of our God, that we will walk in your will and in your ways, that getting closer to you, we will know you better, more broadly, deeper, oh God. We'll understand. We know it's impossible without your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you'll come and take us deeper into the things of God, You'll enable us to walk with Jesus and that we'll be committed to his intended end. So your blessings, your protection, your provision, your favour on us and our loved ones. We, we pray, we specifically pray for the peace of God to be Sarah's portion even right now. That she might rest in your truth. And she will find rest, physically, mentally, emotionally. She will find rest in you. And there'll be a wonderful testimony and a great recovery. And a husband and a family will stand in awe, having to acknowledge that God has done a wonderful thing here. But the rest of us, we pray your blessing, your protection, your provision. Oh, Lord, we continue to pray that we will grow in the knowledge of our God. We ask this in Jesus' name and everybody said. Thank you for listening to our podcast. 
We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at passiveandchristianchurch.com.